This is Dr. Kara Shepard, and you're listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. and thanks for listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. This is episode 7 and I'm going to talk about castration. I don't think I have too too much to say in the way of introduction to this. We're going to talk about castrating goats mostly. Uh, Some of this can be extrapolated to sheep or actually probably more realistically we're extrapolating information from sheep to goats because there tends to be a little bit more uh, information in the literature about sheep because they're more of a they're not considered a minor species there's actually medications and vaccinations etc that are labeled for them more than goats so some of it is uh, kind of extrapolated the other way I want to say thanks to everybody who has been sending in suggestions for podcast topics. That's actually why I am going to talk about castration today. I got an email, listener email, um, to request this topic. And I'm also headed home from the clinic and going to be castrating a round of my own animals this afternoon. So that's timely for me. If you are enjoying the podcast and you can take a second and rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your other podcast platform of choice, that would be great. I really appreciate it. There's, I can see that some people are doing it. It makes me really happy and getting listener email makes me really happy. Uh, so thank you guys very, very much for the positive response. It makes me feel like I'm, I'm helping out and that's what I'm trying to do with the whole thing. As always, this podcast is provided with the intent to educate and inform. It is not a substitute for professional veterinary care or medical advice provided by, by your primary veterinarian. And I strongly encourage you to establish and maintain a current veterinary client patient relationship with your local veterinarian. So, castration in goats. Most of our pet goats and many of our meat animals are castrated at a fairly young age. Uh, There's a couple reasons for that. One is that bucks are a little bit more of a challenge to handle. Um, And we can talk a little bit about, you know, buck is the preferred term for an intact male goat. I hear some people say billies still once in a while, but I think it's a little bit more polite to call them bucks. And weathers are your castrated males uh, just as well as sheep are are weathers um, when they're castrated. Uh, There's different methods for castration, which I'll talk about a little bit and also timing of when they should be castrated. I've used some different methods in my own animals for castration over the years. Um, My first animals that I castrated were just before, I think before I was even like thinking about going to veterinary school and 
was just kind of under the guidance of my goat mentor people, the people who were teaching me about goats, who had raised goats for many, many years, and this is how they did it, and so that's how I did it. And probably the most common way that goats and sheep at a young age are castrated is by banding. So we'll talk about that first. We'll talk about like three different methods basically for castration, banding, uh, burdizo, and surgical castrations. They're all going to get the job done. Um, I have my preferences on which ones I like to do and how I like to do them, and I'll tell you about them and why. So banding, like I said, is probably the most common way that people castrate sheep and goats. Um, it's pretty straightforward process. You take a really small, really tight elastic rubber band and use a little tool that stretches it out big enough so you can fit the testicles through it and then you close it above the testicles and you basically are strangulating the tissue until the blood supply is gone and the testicles and scrotum atrophy and fall off. So lots it's something that many people do at home um, and it works uh, things to watch out for with that castration method are you really got to make sure that you have both of the testicles down in the scrotum and below the band um, you can absolutely miss a testicle and it can be up slipped up above the band and uh, then you'll just be strangulating one testicle and uh, they'll still have a testicle that's up close to the body wall and may or may not be a functional testicle in varying degrees. So testicles do different things. Uh, primarily they make sperm, but they you know, are also producing testosterone which influences the bucky behavior and the, like the peeing on the face and the flapping the gums and the smelling and stinky. So that's why your weathers don't have those characteristics and your bucks do. I mean, yeah, sometimes you see your weathers be a little bit bucky, but um, they generally don't really get the peeing on the face behavior, like your at least to the extent that your your intact male goats do. Uh, there's absolutely a concern with any animal um, for testicular tissue to be in an abnormal location, whether it's a congenital problem. So you can have uh, what's called a cryptorchid, which means that the testicle is not down in the scrotum where it should be testicular tissue for whatever reason like evolutionarily is designed to be cooler than like internal body temperature and I mean that's one of those things that you think about with biology like why like why did that testicular tissue care if it was closer to the body or not who knows I have no idea but that's the way that our mammal species have evolved to have testicles away from the body they hang down there and they're a little bit cooler than like your kidneys or your spleen or your liver or something that's inside the abdomen and when that testicular tissue is not where it's supposed to be so if it's a cryptorchid so that can be congenital cryptorchid means the testicle is 
up in the abdomen or it can be inguinal so it can be outside the body wall but still kind of tucked up close to the abdomen that holds the testicle close to the body and keeps it warmer which can predispose the tissue to do weird things um for example to develop cancer i talk with my small animal patient owners uh frequently when i have cryptorchid patients i'm like get that neutered definitely um it's going to be more of a surgery than your typical neuter and it's to that animal's benefit because the testicles that are not hanging out in the scrotum where they're supposed to be are much more likely to develop into nasty things that can be problematic same thing in goats and sheep often like goats and sheep aren't around long enough if they're males to develop those cancers but if they're pets and they're cryptorchid i would consider trying to surgerize them um depending on where the testicle is if it's under the skin close to the abdomen that might be something you can do in the fields depending on how comfortable your vet is doing that or it might be something definitely if it's abdominal i am not going to be comfortable doing abdominal surgery in the fields um for that because sometimes the the testicle that's in the abdomen is often smaller it's gonna be a bit of a a hunting game looking for that little thing in that big old rumen abdomen ruminant abdomen Um, And it's much nicer to do that in a sterile surgical environment under gas anesthesia that's controlled and not in the field. Um, Yeah, so that was a little bit of a tangent there about cryptorchidism and um, banding. But the point of that was that you can inadvertently cause kind of a cryptorchid-like condition by... If you are banding your animals and miss a testicle and then the testicle is smushed up there next to the body wall and can be problematic. Uh, Pros and cons of banding, I mean, I guess pros are that it's fairly easy. Um, There's not an acute pain involved with it so much i mean if you put if you think about what is happening there you're putting a very tight elastic band around a living tissue so i think all of us as kids or even as adults have taken like a rubber band or a string and wrapped it around our finger and see what that feels like it doesn't feel great as the blood starts to back up because the arteries are deep so they tend to pump blood into the finger and then the vessels are superficial they're on the outside so they're compressed and the blood backs up and your finger turns purple and it gets really uncomfortable so like that's the same idea of test testicles the scrotum doesn't have a bone in it so it doesn't have that protection for the arteries the arteries may be compressed a little bit more effectively and um, a little bit less of that like pooling of blood in those testicles depending on how big they are but it's the same idea it's not a comfortable process there's things you can do to mitigate the discomfort um i like to block uh castrations with lidocaine uh, that's something that you should have your vet do if you're 
you know if you're going to be using lidocaine it's a prescription medication you may have a veterinarian that's comfortable prescribing it for castrations but that is a total um veterinary client decision um if their comfort level with their clients are such that they will do it um the the concern for goats and lidocaine is that they're very sensitive to lidocaine lidocaine at larger amounts can cause cardiac side effects so absolutely can pretty easily overdose goats on lidocaine and you have to be very aware of the total amount of lidocaine you're putting into a goat at any given time so for example i saw a couple of bucklings a couple of weeks ago for castration and touch-up dehornings and I was more concerned about the pain associated with the dehorning than the castration, so made sure that the lidocaine was going in the horns and not so much in the testicles. Sorry, guys. Um, But I couldn't be like, okay, well, their total dose volume safe of lidocaine was like two milliliters or something. Um, And that's two milliliters per that goat's entire body weight, not per thing that I'm doing so I couldn't use four because then I'd be worried I was going to kill my patient which is not what I want to do Um, so doing a lidocaine block there's different ways to do it um, but can lessen the immediate pain of a procedure like banding it's going to numb the area if you've ever had lidocaine or uh, novocaine for dentistry uh that's the idea you can you're desensitizing those nerves to stimulus lidocaine doesn't last a super long time so um, it's going to help in the short term but over the next couple of days in my experience with banding um, you know they're the boys are going to be a little uncomfortable for a couple of days and i think it's nice to give them a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory In goats, those are prescription drugs, usually meloxicam or flunixin, which is the trade name banamine. Uh, There's different ways that those come. There's different ways they can be administered, but you absolutely need to talk with your veterinarian about which is appropriate and when and whether they're comfortable with you having some on hand. Yeah, so banding can be nice to block them. They're going to be a little sad, a little bit more sad than I like them to be. Um, And then NSAID, and you're going to watch it for... The the banded testicles and scrotum take a while to fall off. Like, looking at, like, weeks there. It's going to hang on there. It's a good hunk of tissue, even in little guys, that needs to die off, basically. It's a slow process. Um, You know, like three to four weeks, probably. Um, I have seen these have complications, especially in bigger testicles, bigger scrotums, where... You know, it's it's more tissue. It can get infected um, as the band kind of squeezes its way through the tissue. It can be moist. It kind of wiggles around. It tries to make a scab, and then there's, t- you know, moist tissue exposed. They absolutely can develop a, an infection. 
Um, and the other thing I've seen that isn't super pleasant and is what made me stop banding uh, was one year my husband and I were, you know, we had banded our weathers like we normally do. And uh, we had a kind of a run of kids that I don't know if we had a batch of bands that had been inappropriately stored or gotten too hot or something had happened to compromise the integrity of the rubber that the bands were made out of but they they didn't stay on right so they were on there for a while and they definitely killed the skin of the scrotum Um, but then before they had finished doing their job they came off and kind of degloved the the little testicles that were atrophying so we had probably a handful of little weathers with little naked testicles that I then had to ligate and uh, cut off and uh, put on some antibiotics for a few days and those little guys were not happy about that and neither were my husband and I and then we stopped banding our own animals. So that can bring me to the next method of castration, which is my preference for uh, young animals, which is to burdizo them. Uh, Burdizo is an instrument that clamps and crushes the spermatic cord. So that's the vein and the artery and the nerve. Um, And by interrupting that blood supply, the same idea happens is that the blood supply is is interrupted so the tissue of the testicles atrophies over time so like banding you're interrupting the blood supply to the testicles and then they kind of shrivel up and they are non-functional these guys the little atrophying testicles won't fall off they're going to have a little like residual scrotum for the rest of their lives but if you look at a a, a, like a herd cohort the same age intact male that has not been castrated or um, if you like clamped one testicle and then you missed the other testicle you absolutely will know because of the size of the testicles even these young guys that you know once they get to be like I don't know four to six months old I don't, yeah, I'd say like six months old, their their little boy parts are getting pretty good size. Um, You know, they can like good small fruit size, like two avocado size. (laughs) Um, So it can be hard if you only have castrated males to go by, but um, if I've had good success with this, I know some vets don't like to do a Burdizo. Um, because of the failure rate, but I've I've liked it for a couple of reasons. One is that the animals seem to bounce back faster, so it's not a prolonged pain um, like the banding is. It's something that is more acute. It's like a acute crushing, and then it's over. And there's some soreness after, but they in they seem to in my experience be sad for like a few hours instead of like a couple of days Um, the thinking about like yeah just i i'd prefer them to 
be feeling better faster. The acute pain versus the prolonged pain of banding is nicer to me. I also sedate all these guys when I castrate them now, even in my own herd where we had 80 kids this year. Um, that's a lot of boys to take care of. And my husband and I, when I first graduated from vet school, and I was like, oh, we're going to try this with sedating them. And the drugs that I like to use to sedate goats are not inexpensive. And I told my husband how much it cost afterwards. And he said, I don't care because it is so much nicer for everyone involved. So that's what we do now. And it is nicer for everyone involved. If, you know, sedative drugs in goats are veterinary prescription only, they should be used under, they should be used by a veterinarian and under the supervision of a veterinarian. Um, They're not, what I use is is pretty safe, but it's not without risk completely. So you want to like have emergency drugs on hand and like know what to do. But though what I like to use also has some pain mediating effects, um, and that also helps with the post procedure issue. I will pre med these guys with a non steroidal anti inflammatory before I sedate them, and then sedate them, clamp them, and uh, wake them up. The other thing that's a bonus about sedating them aside from a more pleasant procedure for everybody is that uh, my failure rate has gone down significantly. I'm pretty sure that since I started sedating these guys, I have not missed a crimp of one testicle at all. Uh, They're sitting still. They're not painful and thrashing around. They're down. They're sedated. Um, So you can really isolate that spermatic cord within the scrotum and make sure that it is clamped by the burdizo. The burdizo comes in different sizes. There's like big ones for calves and there's, I have like a handheld one for goats and sheep that I really like because it clamps down and then it's got like a pressure point where it snaps over so I know that I'm crimping it tight enough and it also holds it there for a second so I'll crimp it really tight and then I'll leave it for about 15 to 20 seconds and then I let it up and do the other side. So yeah, I, I, you can block these guys too with lidocaine. You can block uh, intratesticular, um, so within the testicle, and blocking the skin is nice. But again, that's something that uh, should be done by a vet usually. Um, yeah, so that's Berdizo is the is the crimping or crushing of the spermatic cord. And then the last option is uh, surgical castration. So that's cutting the scrotum to pull out a testicle and remove it that way. I will cut young calves. Um, I like to cut young calves because they're they're small, it's quick, they bounce back quickly, and they don't really need those testicles, most of them, because most of them are going to freezer camp. Um, in goats, I usually will do a surgical castration on a older animals, so if they're too big for 
the Burdizo that I have, I only have the one sheep and goat size one on my truck. And I, like I said, I prefer to surgically castrate calves. Um, even, you know, the little guys, quote unquote, little are like 80 to 100 pounds when they're just like a week or two old. So, you know, size is, is relative. Um, the So surgical castration, cut open the scrotum pull out the testicle, I ligate it, so I use suture material and ligate it and uh, remove the testicle, leave the scrotum open to drain, and that's the end of that. Um, Again, if you're thinking about the pain of these procedures, that is an acute pain procedure. Um, If you've ever had a dog that got neutered, like at least my dog my 18 month old Weimariner that I neutered this spring he was completely insane the next day after his you know like post anesthesia sleepiness went away he was like great I'm good I'm gonna run around like a bonehead and uh you know probably at least apparently was not showing a lot of pain same kind of issue or same kind of deal with surgical castrations they tend to bounce back more quickly. That not, Castration is never going to be pleasant. You are removing or devitalizing a body part that has significant blood supply and nerve supply. So that's not going to be fun, but we try to make it less objectionable for everyone involved. I try to reserve a surgical castration for um, older animals because then you have an open incision. You don't close these because it's usually done in the field and then it's a, considered a dirty uh, incision. It's not It's not a sterile environment doing these in the field, but it's usually fine. It's not like you're in the abdomen. I do what's called a closed castration um, on most of my big buck surgical castrations so there's like this this uh tissue that's like a tunic that comes around the um the testicle and the spermatic cord and the blood supply and if i leave that closed contamination of any kind of like ascending bacteria into the abdomen is less likely um sometimes i'll ligate it above Um, So close that tunic with a a suture closer to the animal, closer to the animal's abdomen, farther away from the testicle, and then open the tunic below that so I can really make sure that my blood supply is well ligated. I really, really, really like hemostasis. I really, really, really don't like when my (laughs) patients are bleeding. Um, I'm a little paranoid about that. So... um, I've, yeah, those are some things I've done to mitigate that. Um, and when there's an open wound, if animals aren't up to date on their CDT vaccines, I will give them tetanus prophylaxis. Or even if there's like a question that whether they're up to date or not, I will give them tetanus prophylaxis because I'd rather be safe than sorry. And yeah, they they pretty much do pretty well. You're looking at like your normal soft tissue healing time of 10 to 14 days, and then it's done. So I guess advantages of surgical castration over 
banding are the time to resolution. So you've still, you've, I would, I don't think I've ever seen a banding castration that where the testicles and scrotum had fallen off after just two weeks. That'd be really fast for that method. So those are all the methods. Like I said, it's never going to be a party. There's always going to be some pain involved, but it's nice to try to mitigate that pain with some medications and or sedation. And you definitely are going to need to talk to your vet about that. Um, so like I said, I had a listener email about this. Um, talk about castration. Um, is a goat ever too young for castrating or ever too old? I mean, the the age of castration is really, in my mind, kind of dependent on what that animal's purpose is going to be. If the animal is going to be a pet and live its full life expectancy of a goat, which is like 12 to 14 years, I've even seen like a 17-year-old pet weather, uh, there is some school of thought that waiting to castrate is a better idea. So waiting to castrate for me is at least 12 weeks old. Waiting to castrate for some other veterinarians is at least six months old. And the school of thought behind that is related to a paper, I believe, that was published about sheep and the influence of testosterone on urethral diameter. So the urethra is the tube that takes the urine out from the bladder out to the penis. And you may know if you raise goats that male goats are prone to urinary obstruction and that has partly to do with their anatomy and partly to do with pet goats and what they eat and I will devote an entire episode talking about UO and it's not going to be this episode but the paper in sheep showed that there was some measurable though if I recall correctly I don't think it was statistically significant there was some measurable difference in the urethral diameter, how wide that urethra was in intact rams versus rams that were weathered before a certain age. Now, the importance of that is if you are going to develop grit or stones or some kind of gunk in your bladder, and then it's going to get swept downstream through a little narrow tube of urine. If that tube is a little bit wider, you're going to have a little bit better odds of not causing an obstruction of your bladder and therefore not being in a life-threatening situation. So if we extrapolate that information from sheep to goats, then we're looking at maybe it's a better idea for our pet goats, our pet weathers, if we wait to castrate them until they reach sexual maturity at six to eight months old. So if we're looking at castrating our boys, our goats, at six to eight months old, then that really decreases the options for like physically decreases the options for castrating them. Uh, six to eight month old dairy breed 
buck. I am not going to Berdizo and I discourage banding. Um, for cows, there's a, a large scale bander out there um, called a calicrate band, and it's a wide band, and there's like this ratchet system that. Uh, tightens the band up around the scrotum and around the testicles and a lot of people really like it and some veterinarians really like it and I, I honestly haven't used it because my preference even for my big like year olds bulls that I've castrated my preference is still to cut them So if you, you know, it's it just depends on what that animal's purpose in life is going to be. How long is that animal going to live? Uh, if it's a weather that's destined to be meat at eight months old, then castrating it earlier in life is a fairly reasonable thing to do because it's not going to have time to develop the grit or stones in the urinary tract that can cause a problem. I mean, having said that, nothing in biology is ever 100%, so there's definitely been cases of little lambs or bucklings or weathers of either species, sheep or goats, that have been castrated early and then developed urinary obstruction at a young age. I think I've even heard of, like, five weeks old, which is kind of abnormal, um, and I'd be interested to know particulars of what those animals were eating and what their water content was like and uh, you know were they on formula were they on their mom's milk like what's what's going on there because that's that's a, kind of a weird one to make stones in your bladder that quickly but in any case um it's i mean it's kind of similar to talking about like I mentioned earlier, kind of a comparison to neutering our pet dogs. Uh, kind of the standard for a long time has been neuter at about six months. And with my most recent puppies, I've neutered them at over a year old because some new research indicates that the benefit of uh, there's a benefit to having the testosterone around to influence bone development. Uh, so they weren't acting obnoxious, they weren't humping everything, they weren't wandering and marking, they were overall not being obnoxious boys, my, my puppies, when as they went through uh, coming into sexual maturity. So I, there wasn't a drawback for me to wait to neuter them. And I have that conversation with clients when I'm talking about their their male puppies uh, but I also always warn them and this is similar to sheep and goats if you're you know it's a bigger dog the surgery is going to be more expensive if it's a bigger goat the surgery is going to be more expensive so it's it's a you know cost benefit thing um, I think the other thing I wanted to address here is um, is a buck ever too old to be castrated I mean, like, technically not. Uh, you can always take those testicles off. It's the same thing in a dog or a cat. You can you can always take them off. And sometimes, like, you have to take them off if there's a problem. Uh, different abnormal 
testicular things certainly can't happen testicular tumors um, and like orchitis which is just inflammation of a testicle which can be like an immune immune related thing uh, the the body's immune system can like attack the testicular tissue and that causes a problem so you got to take them off uh, considerations for castrating older bucks are that like sedation or anesthesia is in my experience like more challenging and like a little bit more risky for these guys simply because they're ruminants and they're making a ridiculous amount of saliva and they're like intra-abdominal pressure is greater because they have a big old rumen full of stuff um i think like if you're able to intubate these guys um in a, like surgery in a hospital that's great um but just also have to be really really aware of the potential for aspiration under sedation of either like regurgitated rumen contents or even just the saliva because they're under sedation their swallow reflex is not what it should be so i think that about wraps it up for talking about castration i hope that answered some questions and provided some useful information and as always, you can email me with questions, questions or comments at goatdoccara at gmail.com or there's a little like contact tab on the website, which is goatdoc.com. Um, and if you have a second and want to tell me what you think on Apple Podcasts and rate and review, that's awesome. I notice when I search on Apple Podcasts, I search GOAT, and now this podcast actually comes up in the first few hits. So good job, everybody. Go team. Um, <laughs> keep sharing with your friends, and I hope that you keep listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Meh. <laughs>